Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. All right, so there's... Uh, to, to raise money for Bibles, which I'm, aren't you guys excited about that announcement? Come on now. Okay, it kind of sounds like you guys are like half with me this morning. It, I know it's the 9, 9 a.m. service. Who's excited about that Bible announcement? All right, that's right, that's good. All right, wow, I'm so excited for that. Um, as a way to raise money, we're gonna have an over-under of uh, putting wagers on if I trip over these uh, these uh, uh, mat or uh, what are they mats or rugs and uh, uh, chances are I'm probably going to trip over them and you guys are going to get video footage and we're going to make thousands of dollars from uh, funniest home videos and we'll put towards Bible. So you guys ready? You guys with me? All right. So uh, we've got video footage here. Uh, by the way, before I get started, I want to I want to say, aren't you guys impressed with like Laura, the like one person band? Like that, like that just takes, that just takes so much talent. Um, our church has a lot of talent. Thankful for Pastor Laura, who just put so much effort, and even her helping with our Christmas uh, uh, kids choir. And the kids were just so cute, weren't they? Well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Trevor. I've been here for quite a few years. Uh, I've I, my the my job is to hang out with kids, hang out with families, parents. And uh, once, uh, you know, uh, maybe just a bit, I get the opportunity to preach to you guys. And I'm excited this morning uh, talking with you about the Christmas story in the the view of the stepdad in the nativity, all right? Have you guys ever been entrusted with something that was very valuable? Think about this question. Have you ever been entrusted with something that is very valuable? Put up your hand if that would relate to you. Something that is very valuable. You know, I've always liked collecting things. I, as, as a kid, I, I grew up wanting a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. Now, I loved, I loved Gretzky. I loved the Oilers till, he, till they traded him to the, the LA Kings, and then I stopped that day becoming an Oilers fan. But I really wanted, I really wanted a Gretzky rookie card. And, and one day, this guy said, hey, I'll trade you for these cards. And this, I was an adult at the time. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm an adult kid, right? Right. And, and so I traded all these cards for this Gretzky rookie card, and I was so excited, and I ended up actually selling my Gretzky rookie card as, as uh, actually over COVID. And I kind of regret it, but I'm, you know, I, I took those funds, bought an electric bike so I can be out in the nature and all that kind of stuff, but that is one thing that I really wanted to uh, collect sometime down the road. Now, there's a story I heard about 20 rings, and there was 20 rings that were made and dispersed towards various groups. And three to one group, seven to another, nine to another. But there was one that was significantly uh, worth more than all the other 19. And this ring had significance. This ring had become so valuable that people fought and killed for this one ring. Eventually, one man that was the owner of the ring was killed at sea, and the ring fell to the bottom of the sea. And this valuable ring fell to the very bottom, which I already read. Until this one man who lived a solitary life 
discovered it, and brought it back to his place. This man loved this ring with all he had because it was so valuable and powerful to him. He became obsessed with this ring until one day it was gone. It was found by another man, and at this man's 111th birthday, how many of you are 111? Maybe you feel like it today. Well, at this birthday celebration for this man turning 111, there was dancing, there was food, there were uh, just people having a great time. And he's sharing to his kids about these adventures and the stories of his past. And in the middle of his speech, he takes out this ring. And what does he do? He puts on the ring. And guess what happens? Poof! He disappears goes back to his place, packs up his things, and he's preparing to leave his town. An old man, wise man, shows up, encourages the man to get, out of, to get rid of the ring, but he didn't want to. And that man encouraged him to get rid of the ring because he was noticing an unhealthiness that this ring had over him because it was so sought after and valuable. And when the ring was put on, all the other people would become instantly in danger. So he was told that he should give, or that he gave it to his nephew. Gives it to his nephew. And to keep people safe, this new ring bearer must leave the town he grew up in. And that if he ever to put it on, people who wanted the ring would know where he was. This nephew was entrusted with something that was very valuable. And it couldn't get in the hands of the wrong people. Has anyone ever heard this story before? Come on, what was it? Lord of the Rings. You guys are with me. That's good. What was the name of the nephew who was entrusted with this ring? Frodo. All right. So as a parent who has survived so far, parents, I have made it. You can make it as well. All right? I love my kids, and from the day I found out that I was going to be a dad, I've always viewed it as a partnership with my wife, of course, right? Me and my wife, my wife and I, I should say for all those English teachers. That, but it's not just between my wife and I, it's a partnership with Jesus along the way, along this journey of parenting. That these children that we had were entrusted to Kim and I, were and they, our kids were from Jesus to take care of them, to, to raise them up to be good humans, to hopefully raise them up as, as they become adults, as followers of Jesus. Parents, isn't that our hope and our prayer for our kids, that we raise our kids up and that one day they'll take their faith and they'll run with it? Am I right? Okay. Are you sure you guys are right? Yeah. Or I'm right? Okay, that's good. See, when I found out our firstborn was a boy, I felt, hey, I'm ready for this. Well, well, kind of, right? As, as much as you can. It's like, okay, we're having a boy. I, I understand boys. I, 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 know, I, I know what things I can protect. I can protect them, right? And then when we found out we we're having a daughter two years later, I didn't think it was possible because in the Finstad genes, uh, girls are, uh, we don't have too many girls in our Finstad family. I was so excited, but instantly I felt this, this conviction, this anxiousness of now I've got to protect my daughter. When we had our daughter, I instantly became a protector. 
It was the weirdest thing. And throughout this Christmas series, we're going, out, we're going through uh, the, the characters of, of things that are found in the nativity. And we see, we see the, the camel, we see uh, the shepherds, the wise men, we see Mary, we see the manger, we see Jesus, of course. We see uh, palm trees, that's cool. And the dragon, which if you, have no, uh, if you don't understand what, what uh, the dragon means, um, and some of, some of you are probably questioning that, I encourage you to go to last week's message when Pastor Mike was talking about uh, there's a dragon in the nativity. It's a great message. How many of you enjoyed his? How, how many of you have enjoyed his messages? Yeah, so true. Very appreciative. And we see a stepfather who was entrusted to do something crazy and wild, something out of his comfort zone, to raise the anticipated Messiah to protect this boy from any harm and getting in the wrong hands. Well, this this morning, my message revolves around Joseph the dreamer, right? Joseph the stepfather found in the New Testament. So you can follow along with me, found in the book of Matthew. See, Joseph was entrusted with something that had the greatest implications, that he would become the stepfather of the savior of the world. And he was entrusted with with this. And and we find the birth of Jesus written in the Bible in two very different accounts. And it's fascinating if you look at them. They're found in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke. And the story of Jesus' birth in Matthew, which is seen through the eyes of Joseph, and in Luke's gospel, we see it through the eyes of Mary. And there's no attempt to bring them into line. The central fact is the same. But Luke's picture, we see this excited Galilean girl learning that she'd give birth to God's Messiah. And in the book of Matthew, it shows this complete opposite, sobering Joseph. Discovering the fact that his fiance is pregnant and he had nothing to do with it. The only point where these two stories come close is there's an angel. And the angel, what does the angel say to Joseph? Do not be afraid. And as Gabriel said to Mary, don't be afraid. Who's ever been afraid before? How many of you are lying and not saying yes? We've all been afraid before. These are important words for as we read through the, the accounts of Jesus' birth. Do not be afraid. And how many of us need to be told that today? Do not be afraid. You know, some of you are facing some pretty big challenges today. Maybe some of you will be facing some pretty big challenges along the way. How about if we take these words saying, do not be afraid. Jesus Jesus wants you to know that he is close, that he cares for you. This morning, I'm going to focus on three dreams that Joseph had and how he responded and how they played a key role in the birth of Jesus and how they kept him safe. Joseph was a protector. Can everybody say protector? You guys are with me. Matthew 1.18, if you could follow along. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, we all know what that means, she was found to be pregnant 
through the Holy Spirit. So right away, we're introduced to some pretty spicy stuff, right? Marriage involved three basic steps back then. The two families agreed to the union. So before I I was married to my beautiful wife, awesome wife, Kim, I asked her parents for her hand in marriage. It was one of the most, actually not one of the most, it was the most awkward discussion ever. Now, I had a pretty good idea that that her parents would say yes because they did like me, which is a miracle. And I had this this long-distance chat with them, and I was stumbling through my words, but they showed a lot of grace to me. How many many guys uh, had that chat with with, uh, the in-laws? Okay, sorry to put you on the spot there. Uh, Might be a little bit awkward. Number two, a public announcement was made, right? Facebook posts, Instagram posts. You know, there'd be tons of likes. Photographers would be like incognito. They'd be hiding in the bushes. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the girls would have no idea that, that, that they were there, right? Great, great photo opportunities. So this couple would now be engaged. But what's interesting with this, the only way that an engagement could be broken was through death or divorce. So even, even though uh, they're just engaged, It had to be by death or divorce, even though sexual relations were not yet permitted. Third, the couple would be married and begin living together. The tricky part here is that because these two were just engaged, Mary's apparent unfaithfulness carried this social stigma. According to Jewish law, Joseph had the right to divorce her, and the Jewish authorities had the Jewish authorities actually had the right to stone her her to death. So why was the virgin birth so important to the Christian faith? We'll backtrack a little bit here. Jesus, God's son, had to be free from any sinful nature from Adam. Because Jesus was born of a woman, he was a human being. But as the son of God, Jesus was born without any trace of sin. Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. Because Jesus lived as a man, we know that he fully understands the things, the issues, the problems that we face here on earth. Because he is God, he has the power and authority to deliver us from sin. And we can tell Jesus our thoughts, our hurts, our feelings, our challenges. Do you know that we can do that, church? Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Here we're learning about Joseph and the great qualities he had and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce. Divorce her quietly. I'm just going to grab a drink here quick. Joseph faced a difficult choice after discovering that Mary was pregnant. To divorce Mary quietly. To either have her stoned to death. And those were the options that that he was thinking. Isn't it interesting throughout life, a lot of times we we have these situations that, that we... that that, we're, that we go through. And 
ultimately, there's normally two decisions that we're thinking, right? We can either do this or do that. Don't do that or do that. And sometimes God throws this wrench in plans and has a third plan. And, and God had this third plan for Joseph. And what was that? To marry Mary. To marry her. And this wasn't even an option that he was considering. And doing this, he would cast doubt on all his innocence regarding the pregnancy. But Joseph chose to obey the angel's command, which which is found in verse 24. It's a great example that we should allow God to speak into our decisions and our choices. Am I right? Some of you are going to be making some pretty difficult choices come along 2024. Maybe some of you had to make some hard decisions in 2023. Did you invite Jesus, to be a part of those decisions. What is your will for your life? What are, what, you know, uh, should we have another child? Uh, should we look for maybe a, a different job? All those kind of things can come into play. Are you, are you inviting Jesus to come into those situations, those questions? Those are big questions. Do you think God would have some great wisdom for you? The first dream that we're going to look at is found in Matthew 1, verse 20. And there are some great tidbits here, all right? So verse 20, but after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Man, what a dream, eh? You guys ever had a dream like that? Conception and birth of Jesus is a supernatural event that is beyond any human logic or reasoning. And because of this, God had sent angels to help certain people understand the significance of what was going to happen and how it was going to affect and change the world to come. These angels were spiritual beings that were created by God who helped carry out his work on earth. Here, the angel declares to Joseph that Mary's child was conceived by the Holy Spirit and would be a son. What a gender reveal, eh? What a gender reveal. I don't know if some of you have had those like really cool kind of like, you know, with the balloons popping and, the, you know, finding out what, what the gender of your baby. We, we, we took that challenge. I think I've shared it here before. We drove like tons of, uh, we, we drove uh, quite a few hours to get to the mainland and uh, found out, you know, our baby's legs were crossed and they couldn't see any of the, you know, the, the parts and all that stuff. So, I uh, couldn't find out the sex of the baby and all that stuff, but I was watching some videos yesterday on some funny uh, gender reveals, and, and uh, there's this mom, she's walking along with her kids in this massive black balloon, and, and as they're walking, this kid, of course the kid, you know, like the boy, takes this stick and whacks the balloon, and, and they're not even at the party yet, people are at the party, and, and the balloon pops, they found out it's a girl, but like the mom's really ticked because the boy wrecked it, and then... 
And then another one I saw, there was, uh, they got this baker to, uh, they got this baker to bake this cake, you know, either the pink or the blue, and they're not expecting twins, but the, bake, the baker actually did like a four-layer cake, and the, the top two layers were pink, and the, the bottom two were, were blue, and um, yeah, so just mishaps, right? Um, but there was no mishap here. God had, God had great plans. God took care of all those plans. There wasn't a lot of questioning that Joseph could do. But the angel revealed an important truth about Jesus, that Jesus was both human and God. Jesus means what? The Lord saves. He came to earth to save us because we can't save ourselves from our sin. No matter how good we are, only Jesus can do that. Jesus is magnificent, right? Only Jesus can do that, no matter how good we are. He came to be the savior of the, and, and give the, the power and, and penalty of sin. He would fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, for he would be Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. I love that name, Emmanuel. I try to, I try to think about it often. I wish I thought about it all the time because I would never make mistakes, right? Of course I would. I'm human. But imagine in life if we actually believed Emmanuel, that he was with us no matter what, was, what we were facing. We knew he was with us every step of the way. When things don't go good at work, God is with us. We're going to be okay. When something happens in our family, that God is with us. We're going to be okay. Jesus was God in the flesh. Thus, God was literally among us. He was with us. Through the Holy Spirit, Christ is present in the life of every believer. If you are a believer today, Christ lives within you. Doesn't that give you the peace, joy, hope, love, all the the, uh, characteristics of Advent? Whatever you're facing, he gives us Hope, joy, peace, love for whatever you're facing today. And am I saying that everything's perfect when you're a Christian? It's not, right? But we still have the hope in Jesus that he is with us every step, Emmanuel. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus woke up, I love this part. When Jesus woke up, he did, right? Action word. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. See, Joseph changed his plans pretty quick, right? After the dream, when he found out his his, uh, fiance Mary wasn't unfaithful to him. He was obedient to God and proceeded with these marriage plans. He did this even though Uh, some others wouldn't have agreed with this decision. He did what he felt was right. And sometimes we avoid doing what is right because of how people view us. Am I right? Sometimes we avoid doing what is right because of how people will view us. I've been there. Man, that was me in high school. That was me in high school. I wish I made better decisions in high school. Made a better difference in high school. 
if I only would have realized that high school is only like whatever, five years, right? And now you're an adult and it just goes on and on and on, right? But we need to choose God to obey God rather than to seek the approval of man. As we go through chapter 2, Matthew 2, the Magi visit the Messiah. I'm just going to give a quick summary of what's going on here. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. King Herod sends the Magi out and carefully search for the child. When they were there to find him, they report back and says that he would go worship him. They find him. They're overjoyed. They worshiped him. They bowed down to him. But by having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned by another route so they would take a lot more time. There were a lot of pieces of the puzzle for the, for the birth of Jesus. And God had everything in plan. It is definite that God's plan was the greatest. And even for us, that God's plan is the greatest for us. The second dream he had, the escape to Egypt. Let's read in Matthew 2, 13. If you could turn with me. When the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He says, get up. He said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So let's put, your, let's, let's, uh, put ourselves in Joseph's Birkenstocks this morning, okay? Flip-flop, slides. Let's put, him, let's put us in, in his shoes, all right? If this was the second dream vision Joseph had received from God. His first dream was that Mary's child would be the Messiah, to choose marriage, and the second was to show how to protect this child's life. He was entrusted with protecting this child's life. Although Jesus was not Joseph's natural son, he was Jesus' legal father who was responsible for the safety and well-being of this boy. He was entrusted with, with this responsibility. Isn't it quite fascinating? He shows that he's a good father. Joseph was a good father. Even though he lost his son when he was older, right? If you guys are familiar with that, lost his son. But what, what parent doesn't lose their kids, right? Or at least, for, at least for a little bit of time. In this church, we have some pretty spectacular stepdads we can learn a lot from. I've gotten to know a few of you where once they've stepped into this role where they love and they care for, for kids that aren't technically bio, biologically theirs, they just go in there and they've, they've been a, a real dad and loved and cared for them. And I thank you for those examples of those men. Again, for the second time, an angel of the Lord is mentioned here. God takes sovereign plan to preserve his, the Messiah, his son. And Egypt was this natural place to flee. Verse 14. He got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod and so was fulfilled that the Lord said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. See, going through Egypt wasn't unusual because there were colonies of Jews in several uh, Egyptian cities. 
the angel's command was urgent, right? The, the command was urgent. Joseph left at once, and they went on their journey for 75 miles. The focus on God's protection of this child was unmistakable. Herod was trying to kill him, so Joseph took his family to safety. He was entrusted to do so. See, when Herod, going to verse 16, when Herod realized he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were 10 years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. Herod, the king of the Jews, killed all the boys under the age of two to form a very aggressive plan to try and kill who? Jesus, the newborn king, but he was unsuccessful. And see, Herod was the king by human appointment, but Jesus was the king by divine appointment. Herod was afraid that this newborn king would one day take over his throne. But he completely misunderstood for the reason for Christ's coming. He didn't want Herod's throne. He wanted to be the king of Herod's life. He wanted to be the king of all our lives. There's this key idea that this divine guidance only comes to prepared hearts. That Joseph was in tune and open to God's guidance. Joseph remained receptive to God's guidance throughout this whole journey. This, this is a great reminder for us, church. Are we receptive to God's leading? Are we receptive to God's leading our life, our family's life? Are we in tune to his voice? What is, what is God saying to you while you're reading God's word? By the way, I borrowed my wife's Bible today. That's why it's so colorful. Are we in tune to what God's speaking to us? Are we even like taking a journal or, or taking some notes as we're reading scripture? What, what is God speaking to your heart about? Is there something that, that he's telling you? You know, I had a, I had a friend I, I, I went to Bible college with and um, I had this meal with him at, at lunch and he, he's just got this like, he's got this just generous heart and he goes, how, how can I help? Like, you know what, I, I'm by myself, I make a good wage, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna give to, to some area uh, for families, I wanna give uh, for, for groceries for Christmas. And I'm just sitting there, just like, man, this guy is just, like, that's heartwarming. He's, he's asking me, he asks me all the time, how can I give to you guys? Is there any, any project, is there any family in need? God is speaking through him. I, 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 don't, I don't know what he's doing. When, when God speaks through to him and saying, hey, I want you to think about other people. Are we receptive to God's leading? Are we receptive to God's voice today? The third dream that Joseph had was go back to Israel. The return to Nazareth. After Herod died, verse 19, you can read, read along with me, chapter two. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared into a dream to Joseph 
in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. Here Joseph dreams again and again and it says the angel or the Lord appeared in his dream. It continues the divine initiative and the protection of the child who again is made prominent. But this time was to leave Egypt and go back to Israel. Verse 21, so he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel and the rest is history. Joseph was a man of strong beliefs. Do you have strong beliefs this morning? He was prepared to do what was right and what was noble. Despite the pain it could cause. Despite what people would think about him. But Joseph had another trait. He not only tried to do what is right. He tried to do things the right way. When Mary told Joseph about the pregnancy. He knew that the child was not his. But Joseph decided to break the engagement quietly so her life wouldn't be ended. And not to embarrass her. That was a way that he honored Mary. How would we react in, in a, a type of situation like that? He acted with the justice and love and characteristics that we could all use. God sends this messenger to confirm Mary's story and eventually open his heart to a third option. That third option that he did not expect, that he didn't even think of, and that was to marry her, to take this child as his own. We do not know much about Joseph. He was mentioned... He was mentioned when Jesus was 12, last mentioned when Jesus was 12 years old. But Joseph trained his son in carpentry, made sure he had a good spiritual training, took the whole family to Jerusalem for Passover. Imagine that, discipling Jesus, eh? It's hard enough discipling our own kids. <laughs> His strong belief and following to God's leading empowered him to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus's earthly father. He was a man of integrity, an individual that was sensitive to God's guidance and willing to do God's will no matter the cost. You know, as we prepare our hearts to come to the nativity today, as we're going to celebrate in 15 days Christmas, the birth of Jesus. Presents are cool. Food's cool. Being with family's cool. But is Jesus the king of your heart? That's all that matters, church. Is Jesus the king of your heart? If you can honestly say today that you don't know if he's the king of your heart, if you haven't accepted him as your savior, and all you have to do is just ask. Sorry for the things I've done, God. 
come into my life. Make me whole. Be the savior of my life. Help me, guide me. A lot of people think that being a Christian is no fun. It's the complete opposite. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid today because Emmanuel, that God is with us. No matter, no matter what you're facing today, I want to encourage you. You know, during, during my times of, of uh, having a junkie 2023 at times, I was thankful for good friends. I was thankful for people that I could talk to. I want to encourage you to find those people that you can talk to, that can pray for you, that can care for you, that can ask you hard questions. Be sensitive to what God is saying to your heart. Are we tuned into God's guidance for us as Joseph was? What is God speaking to your heart about today? Let's do something that Pastor Mike does kind of often, and let's put our hand over our heart. And I'm just—I just, just want to pray for you. And as uh, uh, Pastor Laura is going to lead us in a song called "King of Your Heart." And as we sing after I pray, let's sing it like we really mean it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the message that you have placed on my heart. We thank you for the life of Joseph and Mary, that they were willing, obedient hearts to place, to be, uh, have a piece of history. We want to thank you, Jesus. You are amazing. You are the best decision that I ever made to follow you. And Lord, I thank you for my friends. I thank you that you love them, that you care for them. And Lord, you know the struggles, you know, you know their situations. Lord, that you would help them no matter what they're going through, that you would show them to not be afraid because Emmanuel, that you are with them. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord. Help us to be in tune with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray as we conclude. Father. I thank you for the serious business of Christmas, declaring to our world that you're alive, you are with us, you're a savior. And in the midst of the darkness and hopelessness that still surrounds hearts and complicates world affairs, we ask for the reality of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, to come to hearts this Christmas season. I pray over our church family now, a blessing over each person and every household. As we go into your world on your mission, I'm praying for the empowerment of your spirit and that you would bring us alongside others in our groups and our friendships here to bring the reality of Jesus into the everyday stuff of life right here in the Comox Valley and beyond. We go now in your blessing. We pray this in the strongest name, which is yours, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You know, Within a few steps of you is somebody who's newer to our church family. So as you're leaving today, 
You know how the kids had to learn happy teeth, like not angry teeth? Give some happy smiles out and maybe introduce yourself. If you do a little circle, you'll see somebody you don't recognize or you don't know who they are, you don't know their name. Introduce yourself, say hello. Parents with kids who are in the choir, thank you for your patience as you, uh, kids are gonna get some treats between the service now and then at 11 o'clock we go into our second service and the kids sing again. It's gonna be wonderful. God bless you, have a wonderful day. See many of you again tonight for our town hall at 6.30. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.